Hi, I'm Ewan Blakey, Senior Pastor of Oasis Church. I hope this message gives you hope and helps you take your next step on your Christian journey. We'd love to invite you to come and see us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays or join us live every Sunday on YouTube. For more info, visit our website, oasischurchperth.com. So we're doing um, Kingdom Come, Seeking First the Kingdom of God. And that's, and looking at different parables as we do that, that's a big topic. That's a big thing. Jesus said an awful lot about the kingdom of God because that's what he came. He came to enter into the kingdom of God, to bring us into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven, where he reigns and rules, where we find freedom and life and light and love. And so this is a big topic. But also as we go through this series, we know that's really big, but we also want to bring it down to what difference does that make Monday morning? In terms of the big stuff, but also what does it mean for you tomorrow morning when you wake up? What are the principles that we can learn about the kingdom of God that we can take into our everyday life? And this morning we're taking a look at two parables. They're both really short. In Matthew chapter 13. Verse 44, this is the first one. We're going to unpack the first one. We're going to unpack the second one. Each parable is, has one main idea, which is good. Two-point sermon. You'll be out by lunchtime. So here's the first one. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So he's working, probably working in a field or walking through a field and he finds this treasure. He wasn't expecting to find the treasure, but he finds the treasure. And rather than steal the treasure, because that would be ethically wrong, rather than steal the treasure, he goes off, sells everything he has, does a bit of a fundraiser, gets on a GoFundMe phase if he's a bit low, and comes back, buys the field, which in those days, you buy the field, you get whatever's in the field. So he buys the field and he gets the treasure. Not sure if that's quite ethically okay, but he buys the, he buys the field to get hold of the treasure. With joy. He does this with joy. The thing, though, is that people are passing through this field. People see the field, but they don't see the treasure. He finds it. It wasn't something he was expecting. And in life, that's often what happens, is that we go through life and we just miss. We just miss the things of God. God's all around us. His love is all around us. A couple of years ago, I was, was reflecting on the, the whole idea of enjoyment, like enjoying God. If God is love and God is eternally present and, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace and patience, then wherever we go, this is the things that we should find around us. And I was meditating on that word enjoy, like literally it means enjoy. And so I'm like, okay, and I kind of changed my thinking to, well, it's not like I've got to generate the joy, but God is with me. My job is to step into that joy because that's where the kingdom of God is. And so wherever I'm going, wherever I was walking around, whatever I was watching, whatever I was doing, I'm like, there's joy here. Let me look for that because the joy is to be found. God's peace is to be found. God's presence is to be found. It's there 
or I can be distracted and see the field. I can walk past the field and not see. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is like a treasure hidden in a field. What do we do when we find something? Because the big point of this parable is when you find something of great value, make a sacrifice to get it. When you find something of great value, give up the lesser things in order to have the greater thing. That's the principle here behind this, this parable. Jesus says, what profit do you get if you get the whole world and lose your soul? And the answer is nothing. You don't actually gain anything. And yet this is how we often live, where we miss the kingdom of God in our life. We miss it. We get distracted. We live in a world of great distraction. In the midst of COVID, for example, I'm, I'm right into statistics. When this first thing started, I'm right into the statistics and looking at the statistics and, and um, I've kind of enjoyed kind of following the statistics of it. Where's the kingdom of God in all of that? Where's the king, what's God up to in all of this? Because we can focus on that, the field, or we can focus on God's doing something. I mean, this isn't his first pandemic, right? Like God's been through this routine a few times before. It might be our first one, but it's not his first one. So what's he up to in the midst of all of this? We can walk through the field and miss the treasure. When we find something valuable, we want to give up what is less valuable to have it. That's the big principle here. What does it look like in Jesus' life? The big stuff, of course, is if you are not following Jesus, if you're not in God's kingdom, whatever it's going to cost you, it's worth it. That's the big point, right? If you have heard the gospel, if you've encountered Christ, give up whatever is in the way between you and him. And how does Jesus live that out? Well, Jesus lived this, this principle out. When he's walking through Samaria, he meets a woman at a well. What does Jesus do? Well, you know, we're on our way to Jerusalem. You know, give me some water. See you later. He doesn't do that. He finds her. She's a treasure. And he stops. He chats with her. She goes to a village. People come out. Jesus and the disciples go to the village and hang out there for a few days. He didn't let his agenda get in the way of what was precious. She was precious and he gave up. He pushed his agenda aside to do that. Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan going along, finds someone. What does he do? Takes the time to help that person, stops his journey for a while, spends his own money to help him get better. Why? Because people are precious. And then goes back onto his journey and says, hey, when I come back, I'll fix more up. He uses his wealth and his time and his resources to bless people. Jesus does this constantly throughout his ministry where he's choosing the best over the good. When Peter's mother-in-law is sick, Jesus comes, stays in her home, heals her. People hear about it. They come out. Jesus is healing people, casting out demons. Whole town comes out. And that night, lots and lots of ministry. In the morning, they're back. They're back. From a pastor's preacher's perspective, how good is that? I mean, you preach a message, it'd be like, you know, we go, hey, tonight we're going to have another message, and you guys all come back. We'd be like, awesome! 
As good as that is, what did Jesus do? He says to his disciples, they go, hey, everyone's looking for you. Jesus says, we're going to the next village because we came to proclaim the kingdom of God to all the villages. Now, it's not like hanging out with a bunch of people, learning about God's a bad thing. Like, we think that's a good thing. Jesus thinks that's a good thing. But Jesus was on a mission to get it out broadly and widely. That's what he spent his time on. The enemy of the best things in your life are not bad things, they're good things. It's those things that are good in your life that are getting in the way of the best things. Jesus, in Hebrews 12, says, For the joy that was before him, he endured the cross. Why did he do that? Do you think the, the cross was fun? No. There was a joy that was before him. There was a joy. The man sells what he has to buy the field, to get the, the treasure, and it is a joy. It's a joy for him to do that. And for Jesus, giving up his life, enduring that time of separation from the Father, bringing the sin upon himself, all of that he counted as joy because at the end of it, he gets relationship with you. You are his treasure. You are his treasure. And for Jesus, giving up everything he had was a joyful thing, not a joyful experience, but it was the joy that was before him of what he gets, which is you. These are the principles that Jesus lives out. What does that look like Monday morning? What does this principle look for us Monday morning? There's a course I did a couple of years ago um, online. It's a free course. Recommend you do it. Called The Science of Well-Being. Incredibly, really well-researched. I've mentioned this before. Love this course. And it goes through, from a scientific perspective, how to be well within your soul or well within your life. And very well-researched. Love it. One of the things they bring out right at the beginning is that Human nature, and they, they use this term, miswanting. We, we want the wrong things. That it's natural to want stuff, but we actually miss what we really want. Those things that would really make us happy, we miss those things and we pursue other things that we think will make us happy. And scientifically, all the research shows it doesn't. It's like, I really want that field. And we miss the treasure within the field. And that's, that's normal. People do that. So whether it's body image, whether it's more income, lots of stuff, the belief that your marriage partner is going to make you happy, if you're getting married, no. Like, that's not the case. <laughs> now, there's, marriage can make you happy. There's, there's good stuff. I'm not saying don't get married. If you think that your partner is going to make you happy, you're in for a world of disappointment after about two years. First two years, it's good. But then, man, then you've got to do the relationship stuff. Now, relationship stuff, that is good for you. Relationship stuff is good for you. Knowing what your gifts are and your talents and your strengths, I think the Bible says something about that, is good for you. 
having a heart filled of gratitude. Again, I think the Bible says something about that. Is good for you. These are the things that when we look at, from a science perspective, those things that make us happy, we find the kingdom of God. Gratitude, kindness, using your gifts, facing challenges, relationships with one another, helping one another, even helping strangers. These things build us up. What does all of that mean, though, for Monday morning? Probably the thing you think will make you happy is the thing you need to push aside. It's not really going to help you. There's a story I heard, and it turns out it's one of those stories where, oh, I don't think that's true. I think that's a preacher's story. But it's true. The story is that one way to catch a certain type of monkey is you get a coconut, you put food in it, and the monkey reaches into the coconut, grabs the food, and the fist means they can't pull out of the coconut. And so the monkey now is stuck running around with a coconut that's weighing them down. All you've got to do is come pick up the, pick up the monkey. And they won't let go of the food. So the choice between food and freedom, they hold on to it. And often that's how we live our lives. We're holding on to something of lesser value because we're afraid to let it go. And that's an issue of trust. Trust that if I let this go, this other thing, this joy that's before me will be better. And that, that kind of trust, we call that faith. Believing that if I hold on to this and God's telling me to do this, if I just let it go, I'll actually discover that God is right, that this will be better. I had a friend of mine who gave up very lucrative career. He was a doctor. And he, he, said, he said to me that they're just golden handcuffs. The job was golden handcuffs. It's like it gave him lots of stuff, lots of money, lots of opportunities, he said, but God didn't, didn't make me for that. He was an evangelist and loved to do evangelism. And that filled his heart, also made him poor. But he can hold on to this with the belief that this will make me happy, but he's going to have to give up his freedom. The kingdom of God is about freedom and righteousness and power in the Holy Spirit. And when we give up these things that, that advertisers tell us that we need, when we give up the fear of what the world says we need to be happy, we discover the joy of the Lord. We discover the kingdom of God is a place of peace, a place of life. But we have to let go of these things. Otherwise, we get bound to them. They become golden handcuffs. Advertisers, their intention is to make you believe that if you hold on to this, if you have that, if you have that stuff, you will be happy. If you buy your fiancé this big diamond ring, then that's going to make the marriage wonderful. Now, some of you are probably thinking, yeah, I reckon. <laughs> Sorry. My apologies. We do have some good couples counselling if that causes a rift. 
But advertising is designed to cause us to, to miswant the things of life. Gratitude doesn't cost a cent. Gratitude doesn't cost anything. It feels, fills your heart. It fills your soul. There are people that walk through the day oblivious to God's goodness and grace. And when we begin to see that and observe that and live that, our hearts are filled with gratitude. The number one thing that they find that will improve your sense of well-being is gratitude. In Romans 1, it says that they neither worshipped him as God nor gave him thanks. We're designed by God to be people of gratitude. And when we think that I've got to have, I've got to possess, rather than being grateful for the things that I've got and for the things of God and for what other people do, then we actually pursue those things of lesser value. And the kingdom principle is pursue the best. If you've got the choice between the best and the good, choose the best. The next parable tells us how to go about doing that. It's a similar story, but from a different angle. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, in search of treasure, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. So Jesus is kind of telling the same story from a different perspective. Before, the kingdom of heaven was like the treasure. When you find it, you do whatever you can to get hold of it. You sell the lesser value to have the greater value. But this time, he's taking the perspective of a merchant who's actively looking for it. You can walk through life, walk through the field, and stumble upon something that's better. And when you find that, seize that. Now Jesus is saying, you know what? Even if this is a little bit better, go looking for it. Go looking for it. Go searching for it. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of the fine pearls, in search of things that are valuable. Don't just walk through life. Actively look for it. Be proactive. Seek, pursue, and go for it. Look for where things could be better. Now, for some of us, that are more proactive than others, different personalities. Some people are like, yep, if it's not broken, let's break it. If it's good, we can do it better. I mean, there are some people that are just disruptors, right? Like, can we just be happy for a moment? It's like, yes. Okay, let's go. <laughs> there are some people that, that they're wired like that. And so they're, they're searching, they're looking constantly. That's, and that's their personality. And if you're that kind of person, God bless you. Be patient with everyone else. The principle still remains the kingdom of heavens, like the merchant who went looking. We need to, in the kingdom of God, to be looking for stuff. The world will do everything it can to keep you distracted. It will do everything it can to keep you distracted. We live in a world today where there is immense distraction. In the 60s, when the TV came in, 
that was a huge distraction for people. Not that they weren't distracted before, but now it was easy. It demanded nothing of you. Now we have distractions like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. The list goes on and they are all optimized to keep you distracted. And we know that. They don't hide that. There's lots of research. If you haven't seen social media, the, the show, have a look at that. It's all designed to keep you distracted. And with all the research that they get from all of your clicks and likes and everything else, they target it just to you, specifically for you. They work out what do you like that's going to make you click the next one. It's how they make their money. And it's not getting any easier. With AI coming through, and it's just going to a whole new level of distraction. When we take a look at what's happening with virtual reality, where you're able to enter a whole new world and be immersed in that, and be completely, completely distracted from the real world. When we look at what the current state of drugs is, the reality is there's, there's probably people here who will be doing drugs throughout the week. That's a reality. There are people who drink themselves. We call them alcoholics. But other people, you know, we don't call them alcoholics, but man, they're using stuff to distract themselves. And there's a lot of acceptance of this in society. There is huge distractions. And if you're going to overcome, you're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to be intentional. And I'm not suggesting that it's easy. It is hard. Monday morning, just here are four, four ideas of what that looks like Monday morning. The first, the first thing I'd say is what is it that you actually want better in your life? Bring it right down. Monday morning, what do you want to be different in your life? One thing. One thing that would make a difference to your life that would help it be better. Be clear on what that is. If you're not sure, ask people. We belong to small groups for a reason, so we can bounce ideas off each other. We do ministry together and have relationship together, so we don't have to answer these questions alone. But answer the question, what would be one thing that would make a difference in your life? The second thing is, what's the joy? What's the joy that that's going to bring? Be clear on What's the benefit of me doing this? The third thing is, what's the good that's going to get in the way of that? Because that's, that's the enemy here. What's the good? Because when, when you're trying to make a change and it's getting difficult and that good thing comes up, it is really easy to justify that good thing. Because it's not a bad thing, right? So it's easy to justify. What's the good thing that's going to get in the way? And what's your plan to overcome that good thing so you choose the best? That's Monday morning. If we're going to seek the kingdom of God on a Monday morning level, on something that impacts my life on a day-to-day, what do you, what's the best thing? What's the treasure that you want to go looking for? That if you found it, you would swap the good for it. Then go looking for that intentionally. What's the joy that's going to come if you find it? What's the joy? 
What's the good stuff that's going to get in the way of you making that trade? And what's your plan to seize that opportunity? What's your plan to overcome the good to choose the best? With Jesus, he's, this is his promise in Matthew 7, 7. He who seeks, finds. He who seeks, finds. It's not an endless pursuit. It's not a fruitless pursuit. Jesus' promise is if you go looking for the kingdom of God, if you go looking for the fruit of the Spirit, you are going to find it. A wasted life is when your hand is in the coconut, holding on to this and giving up your freedom. A wasted life is coming to the end of it and going, uh, I kind of lived half-heartedly. I lived a distracted life. God wants to fill you with the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and self-control and gentleness and kindness. These are the qualities He wants in your life and he's, He's asking us, go looking for that stuff. Go looking for where that stuff is in the kingdom. In the midst of this tragedy, where is God's peace? In the midst of this conflict, where is the joy? Not manufacturing it, but God is there. The kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom of God is near. And he wants these qualities in your life. If you seek it, you will find it. That's the promise. 